Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus, and I'm joined by my friend and yours, Michelle. Welcome to the show, Michelle. I sounded sad, sorry. Michelle! Yay! Yay! We are the Musty Collective, creatives on a journey to better storytelling. Thank you for joining us today, even though it's musty in here. Today, we are going to talk about... The Oscars. 2021 Oscars, the 93rd Academy Awards. The show that not too many people are waiting for. (laughs) Right. But honestly, with this pandemic, it's just something positive. Celebrate creativity. Celebrate creatives. Don't really... We're not celebrating Hollywood. We're celebrating creatives. Writers. Actors. Directors. We're celebrating story. Producers, animators, you know, all those folks. Musicians, composers. So anyways, let's start the show. This year's Oscars have been affected by COVID and the quarantine, and not that many films were released, which should have been released, because they actually couldn't finish the film on time. And then I was doing some research on this, because I was wondering like how much it's affected uh, the film industry in general, but I found out that actually theaters and like buying physical copies of movies has been declining since before covid yeah that's true that's a very good point so i thought that was an interesting thing so people Um, are like blaming the pandemic it's like it's already been on a decline yes (laughs) yeah i think it just accelerated it i think that's that's why everyone's getting a streaming service yeah pretty much Mm -hmm. so for this year's oscars it's gonna be quite different they created some new rules which were put in place to be more inclusive and to represent a wider variety of people and narratives yeah and that's great for storytelling um so there's a few new rules um i'm not gonna go over all of it but yeah michelle posted all the rules in our show notes (laughs) if you like the show notes you can join our patreon and patrons if you want show notes let us know yeah So standard A, on-screen representation, themes, and narratives, I think, which is one of the main ones. Um, To achieve standard A, the film must meet one of the following criteria. A lead or significant supporting actor, at least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actors is from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. Mm -hmm. So it has like Asian, Hispanic, Black, Indigenous, Middle Eastern, Hawaiian, um, And then it's pretty much kind of the same, um, but also for, like, ensemble casts, they want women, racial or ethnic groups, LGBTQ+, and then uh, people with physical disabilities. Um, So it's kind of repeated throughout, so they talk about storylines, they talk about creative leadership and project teams. But Um, the question I have is, what do these rules apply? Is it... it Applying to what films are getting nominated or yeah. apply to which ones will win? 
So this is for nomination. You, to be eligible to be nominated for an Oscar,、mm. you need to meet these criteria. Okay, so this is kind of like continued, con- not, I guess, continued progress from the Oscars not so white or the Oscars so white. Yes. Kind of backlash. Like, what was that, 2016 or 2017 or something when Chris Rock went up there? Yeah, so this is、um, in response to that. Okay. So they're trying to make it more inclusive. And I think it's, I mean, just seeing the nominees and all the films that are nominated, I think it's been working really well. It's、and、more colorful. It is more colorful. And it's, it's helping a lot of people to see. Stories that they might not have ever been exposed to because of this new Oscar rule. So it's really cool. Yeah, I think for us, like we realize, like we said in the, the mini-sode, if you listen to that on the Mustard Crave podcast, we, we talked about <laughs> the fact that you o k n we w watched a lot of movies last year. We thought we were watching all the Oscar contenders. Yeah. And then we found out that when we looked at the list of nominations, we had a lot to catch up on. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, like watching movies like The Trial of the Chicago 7, Judas and the Black Messiah, you know, Moraine's Black Bottom, watching Minari, like watching these films really like spoke a lot of truthful messages about the human experience, the human condition. Yes. That I feel like regular moviegoers who are on Netflix or Disney Plus or, or Hulu or HBO Max, where they're watching kind of like the blockbuster kind of pop culture. You know, crunchy popcorn films. Nothing wrong with those films. But now I'm seeing like th- there's a reason why there are these other films that are, that are award winning,、mm-hmm. telling really deep messages about the human experience. Yeah, definitely a different type of storytelling. I think it's more for like an educational purpose than it is for、um, just pure entertainment. I, I, the Trial of the Chicago 7 was definitely, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I still felt really entertained by that movie. Or Hillbilly、oh, yeah. Elegy, I felt really entertained by that movie. Yeah, it doesn't have to negate the entertainment value. But then the thing is, is that, you know, circling back to the Oscars, is that people going through the list, like people like us,、mm-hmm. now we get this plethora of perspectives that engage us on so many different levels. Yeah. That if it wasn't as, as diverse, we would be missing out on all these voices. Mm hmm. Very true. So, we were looking through the different categories for the Oscars, and we realized that the only category we've seen every film of was the animated film category. Yeah, and technically, only Michelle has seen every single film、oh, in that's the, true. the feature animated, right? Because there are also the short animated shorts. Yes. But the animated best feature films, I haven't seen the Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon movie. Uh-huh. But Michelle has seen it. So she's seen everything in that category. Yes. It makes me feel very childish. And I was actually, well, no, it's okay. Animation <laughs> is awesome. It's not just for children. But、uh, I was actually surprised that The Crude's New Age or Crude's 2 was not nominated. Yeah. So that was one thing. As I was watching all these movies, and then I did see Farmageddon the other day.、Um, I can see why Farmageddon was nominated because it was unique, and I think they're trying to get 
as many different types of animation in there as possible. So this was like a claymation movie. Yeah. And um, then I guess they don't want Disney and DreamWorks to dominate the, the yeah, show. Yeah. So, but Farmageddon, it was clever and it was funny, but there were moments where I was kind of bored. If, and you're, if you're being honest. If I'm, I am, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> so I think the crews too, like there was never a dull moment and we were both laughing really hard. Yeah. And there's still jokes today that I'm think I think about, like I'm at work and I'm just thinking about certain things. She's like, thinking about Wigasis. Wigasis. Yeah. I love Wigasis. And I'm just, I just start like laughing to myself. Which plus, is... plus from a purely like technical animation standpoint, mm-hmm. some of the best animation I've seen all throughout this year, but... You can really say that about so many of the 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 films from the big studios, right? Yeah. Like Soul and Onward, uh, Over the Moon, Crudes. It's just beautiful, mm-hmm. beautifully animated films. Yeah. And just you... amazing what 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 they're doing. And and if you get down to the pencil, I mean, Wolfwalkers is definitely another beautiful, amazing film. Yeah, and I think um, too. I was just thinking about the storylines of the two movies. The storyline of Farmageddon versus the storyline of The Croods 2, like the message of the film for Croods 2, I think was much more heartfelt and meant a lot more than Farmageddon. Yeah, I I can't comment because you actually watched it, so I I will agree with you. Yeah, but I, I do love Shaun the Sheep and like Chicken Run and all those films that are created by those group of people. Yeah, I I like um, Chicken Run. I just I haven't been back. Hmm. Like I like oh that was nice. And let, let's <laughs> move enough. on. That's yeah. And I, I do like like I I watched you know we watched Missing Link. Yes. I was really intrigued about by that movie. So I don't mind like claymation mm-hmm. um like Norman and the I always forget the name of the rest of the film. I don't remember. Yeah. But his like little trash people <laughs> <laughs> the gremlins or something i like that oh, film. the trolls norman and the trolls or something no. like that something like that oh. anyways all right so moving on <laughs> um you have something here about Husavik. oh yes so one song that was nominated that i'm very excited about is Husavik from euro song which is a movie we did an episode on yes we did earlier yeah i don't remember which number because there's so many episodes now yes i think it was last year we did that um yeah 2020 yeah so i'm i'm just excited i i part of me hopes that it wins just so that will ferrell could say one of his movies won an oscar oh wow that's your reason i think it's gonna win because i think just to me personally i think it's the best song out of all the bunch but yeah uh, anyways, we'll get back to that. We also loved uh, Borat's subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe t- to bribe or bride to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan <laughs> was nominated for best adapted screenplay and also for other categories too. Um, yes, the supporting actress role. Um, yeah. The daughter, she's nominated for yes. an Oscar. We'll, we'll talk about her later. Yeah. And then Juice and the Black Messiah was. Very, very deeply moving and horrifying film but it i think it deserves something yeah and it was really great mm-hmm. i had a question though why is daniel kalua and lakeith stanfield both in the supporting actor category yeah we'll, we'll get into that in our predictions i actually have an answer for that okay all right
gonna, we're just giving our predictions. And again, we haven't watched every single movie. Like, for instance, we haven't watched Nomadland. Mm-hmm. We haven't watched Mank. We haven't watched another round, right? So there's another... I'm, we're definitely going to watch Nomadland before before the actual Oscars itself. So we can have like a clear picture when we do part two of this of what happened at the Oscars. Yes. But uh, we haven't watched Nomadland yet. Mm-hmm. There's so many films, so no. little time. Mm-hmm. So my here are my predictions. Best best director. Who you best got? Best director is Chloe Zhao. Yeah, Chloe Chloe Zhao for and No Man Land. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, for for No Man Land, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's, I think yeah. Say the film with it. Yeah. And then um, I haven't seen the film, but I'm I'm just guessing. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then for for you, what is it? For me. It's Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. Hmm. That's, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I think. I think for me, looking looking at that film, and we just recently watched it, so it's like fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. But the the pacing of the film was really well done. I love wide angles. I don't like claustrophobic um, films unless you do a really good first person kind of thing. Yeah. I, I like the wide shots, the, the use of colors with like the natural organics, like mm-hmm. greens and browns of the farm contrasted with like the white of the house and the, the usually a lot of the like whites within uh when the clothing mm-hmm. of the family so yeah. that was interesting as far as the color choices for their for their clothing um i thought just the way that bring like showing the relationship showing the colors inside the house and and taking us back in time mm-hmm. um so best film for me was trial of the chicago seven and it was before I saw Trial of the Chicago Seven. It was Judas and the Black Messiah, um, for me. But then I changed it and after it, it, watching. It's that not film. Be, it's not best film. It's best it's best picture. Best picture. Ugh, sure. I, I, I like saying best picture. Oh, but why why is the Trial of the Chicago Seven for you? Um, it had a lot. It had drama. It had some comedy. It was historical. It was based on a true story. Um, it connected the ensemble cast to the audience, I think, really well. Like, it was very relatable, and it, it made you pissed at the end of the film. Like, I want to change things, and how can I be a part of that change? So, Got you. Um, that's a great choice. Great choice. And we just watched that, actually. Yes. I Love that film. Great choice. So it was hard to choose between the two. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to continue to stick with Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I mentioned, it would have been, I think we have an opportunity for a civil rights cinematic universe. Yes. Should have kept that, de- you know. Uh, so Fred Hampton, who is uh, a person in real life and of history, uh, leader of the Black Panther Party in Chicago, is one of the main characters in Judas and the Black Messiah, played beautifully by Daniel Kaluuya. Um, but they didn't have him in trial of the Chicago in the trial of the Chicago Seven mm-hmm. movie, and obviously because different director, different vision, yeah. different, you know everything. But it would have been great if they had the same actor. Yeah. Because then that I, I think that would have helped with the emotional the emotional tie into the movie for the mm-hmm. audience. But for me, Judas and Black Messiah, I think um, you know I just think that the actors, the two actors, uh, Daniel and um, Lakeith Stanfield. There we go, Lakeith. Yes. 
Uh, they did a great job playing their characters. Mm-hmm. And I also felt like the movie was more focused, whereas mm. Trial of the Chicago 7 was, you know, and Aaron Sorkin did the best job. You know, he did a really good job, but it was, it felt like it was everywhere. Like, is this Abby's story or is this Tom Hayden's story mm-hmm. or is this Bobby Seale's story, right? Like, or is this a story about a corruption in the system? And it was like about all of those things. And I felt like it didn't quite hit completely from a story perspective it didn't quite hit on any one of those things Mm. i felt like you really understood like what was happening that bill was going to screw over fred hampton at some point Mm -hmm. essentially leading to the downfall of the the black panther party in chicago yeah and he was this like villain i think he's the main protagonist and i'll get into that more later but jews and black aside to me is the best picture of 2020 okay and then for best animated film um, we both picked Soul. Yes, but Michelle has a caveat. Yes. Um, I want Wolfwalkers to win just because I feel like the story was extremely unique. And I've never seen an animated film cover that part of history before. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't know how you get more unique than going to the place where babies come from. That's, uh, it's been and it's not like done. storks and stuff. It's like, you know, where, where do souls come from? Like the, the movie goes to the great, the great before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how more unique you can get than having the, the soul of a black man in the body of a cat running around New York City. And I, I just don't know how more original you get. We're in a cat trying to give a haircut to a black man. Uh, like i i don't know how more unique you can get like to me it's one of the most unique thrilling advantageous scary as far as like writing it and making sure it hits Mm -hmm. like pixar could have really failed with this movie and i thought they did such a great job so i have no caveats like it's beautifully animated what they did with black hair which is amazing Uh it's hilarious it's not as hilarious the second time through but it's definitely hilarious the first time through um Soul, best animated movie, no caveats. Mm. Best animated feature film of the year. Okay. For me. Okay. Sorry, I get really into this kind of comparison stuff, <laughs> y'all. Best adapted screenplay, Nomadland. Very cool. What? Well, yeah. <laughs> you, I'm just guessing. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, to be quite honest, what I've heard from the rumblings is that it was Minari, but then mm. Nomadland took like took it to and no man land won golden globe best picture i think so mm. a lot of people who are voting um i think love no man land so mm-hmm. that's why we definitely have to watch it before the oscars because that will help to inform our opinion better yeah but um i think no man land is going to sweep through like they don't care what we think but why not because they, they don't and they don't care what like I'm, I'm also trying to choose movies that i feel like a lot of people would like and i'm not sure if like a lot of people would like certain types of movies that get picked that's always been my thing too. Like, I feel like the Academy doesn't pick movies usually that the mass is like. Yeah. But for me, best adapted screenplay would be Ken Powers' One Night in Miami. Mm. Uh, it's about a, a crazy, you want to hear another historical event that was crazy. <laughs> um, it's an ensemble cast, great actors, and uh, a lot of great dialogue going back and forth. So for me, plus after watching Soul, I, I'm, I'm a Ken Powers fan, so... Uh, I, I just, I think, I think this is an, a, a win for him. Yes. Okay, so best original screenplay, 
I put Minari. That's perfectly fine. I'm going to continue on the Judas and Black Messiah train. <laughs> okay. I, I think, the, especially when you go to some of the dialogue, right? Like, um, I love what they show with the passion of the fights in Minari between the husband and wife. Mm -hmm. But Juice and the Black Messiah, the dialogue and the conversations and the messaging that was happening with Fred Hampton and Daniel Kaluuya, this is beautiful. Like, mm. just so well written. So well written. Okay. Best Actress? I had a hard time picking, but it's either Viola Davis or Frances McDormand. Just because. In Fran who what movie is Francis? She in? was a uh, Nomadland. Okay. And in Viola Davis is Moraney Black Bottom. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go Moraney Black Bottom. I think it's a great film. But I I I'm going with Viola Davis, but I wouldn't I, I think Francis is gonna win because Viola's part really, in my opinion, could technically be a, a supporting actress role. Hmm. Because yeah, Chadwick Boseman really, really took over that movie. Yeah, that was really about him. Even though it felt marketed on Netflix, like whenever I see a trailer, it felt uh -huh. it felt like Viola Davis. Well, she got top billing. I think that was probably part of her contract that, like, she would get. I think because she also executive produced the film, didn't she? Here, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and then best actor. We both agree. Chadwick Boseman. Chad Dude, and I also watched The Five Bloods as well. Great. Uh, a good movie, but great acting by Chadwick Boseman again. Mm -hmm. Chadwick Boseman in Moraine Black Bottom is... Moraine Black Bottom is just a really good film. Yeah. Watch that film. If you want a good film, good good, good night of movie watching, mm -hmm. definitely watch Moraine Black Bottom. Yes. And supporting actress, mm -hmm. I picked Glenn Close in her role from Hillbilly Elegy. Great film, great role. Glenn Close will probably win. The way that she took on this whole new persona of this grandmother trying to help her grandson. Um, it was super believable. Yes. Um, it well, it's based off a true story. Yes. But you just forget it's Glenn Close. Yes. She really, I like her, she disappeared. Yes. And then she was her character. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful acting. Yes. And then for me, I chose Maria Bakalova from... The, the Borat, Borat two film. <laughs> she did such a wonderful job in that role. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I would like to see more comedy get more wins at, at in yeah. uh, in the Oscars or Golden Globes personally. So I'm I'm going with Maria. I, I don't think she'll win, but that's why I, so I want to win. It would be really cool for her to win because literally her acting was that sold the film. It was improv. Yes, and it was with real people. So yes. it wasn't like she had a script and she knew exactly what to say. She stayed in character yes. regardless of who she was talking to, and they created this story about this daughter and Borat and like finding out like that it's okay for women to do things. And yeah, I that was actually a really good message personally. Yeah. So that would be really cool.
so Best Supporting Actor, Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. And I chose Daniel Kaluuya from Judas and the Black Messiah because Stanfield is the lead, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know what happened with the billing. Yeah, that was so weird. But the movie starts and ends with Stanfield. He is the protagonist that moves things forward in the story. Yeah. Because the storyline is not about the rise of the Black Panthers or anything like that. Mm -hmm. The story is about how Bill is going to screw over Fred. That's yes. it. And it starts and ends with this character. He is the lead. He is the protagonist. So to me, best supporting actor should go to Daniel Kaluuya for his role as Fred Hampton. Mm-hmm. And best original song. I haven't heard all the songs. Yeah, neither have I. <laughs> I heard Hear My Voice last from The, the Trial of, of the Chicago, Chicago 7. Um, so I'm just going with that. But I would love for your pick to win. I think it's Usovic. I think it's very beautiful. I love it. I, I We need more comedy. We need more stuff that the general people know. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, they can be more interested in the arts. So I, I and also I just think it's I think it's a really good song. I've heard Hear My Voice. I, I like Usovic better. Mm-hmm. And best original score. Best original score, hands down, soul. Hmm. Soul, soul, soul. And this is an area where a lot of animated films can actually win as well because they have such beautiful scores that go along with them. Uh, speaking of a beautiful score, it's not in this year, but I, I, I would assume it would be next year. Ryan the Last Dragon, beautiful score. Beautiful score. But Trent Reznor, I've been uh, really a fan of his work ever since... The Social Network, the Facebook Mark Zuckerberg movie. Mm -hmm. But he also did the score for Mank. Oh. So he's doubly nominated, him and his partner. So his, his odds of winning are yeah. really high. He's probably going to win. <laughs> he's probably going to win. But score with the, the jazz music and mm -hmm. then, you know, this, obviously everything else and that they put together, but just the beautifulness. That, yeah. And music was not just like a, like in the background helping the movie to be, like helping you be immersed in the movie. Like, music was a big part of what the movie was doing from a story perspective. Yes. And that was just so, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, those are predictions. Let's see how we do. It would be fun to, like, do a percentage of, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. We what, can, we what can we do that. What we got right and what we got wrong. Oh, yeah. We can definitely do that. We can and definitely then, do that. And then when I win, oh. we can... Um, okay. We can celebrate. Okay. And, and talk about how right I was. Is it really about winning? Is you you versus me? Well, that's not what it was about. <laughs> now, but now that's what it's about. <laughs> hey, okay, if you want, if you want this work. All right, and that that's it, y'all. So on next week's episode, as you've guessed it, we're gonna do part two, recap of the Oscars, what went down, what did not go down, what went right, and what went wrong, and. According to Michelle, we're going to also do uh, who won, who had better predictions. Hey, this actually might be fun. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll let you know if you're, if you're on. What we can do is we can put these show notes on Patreon as well. So you, the, you our Patreon supporters, our musty uh, collective, can actually check, check out our, uh, our show notes for this episode and the next. And you can also see how we did. And maybe have a score scorecard at home for yourself. We would love to hear about your predictions. So... If you want to send that in before the Oscars, that would be really cool. And then maybe we can read some of those on the show. Yeah, email us or, or comment. You want to compete with us? I, I, I'm sure that, <laughs> you know, our musty collected, they, they might be able to beat us, but. 
Michelle, Michelle feels pretty confident in her predictions. Yes. Awesome. I'm probably going to be the most incorrect. Anyway, if you want to be featured as a guest on our show, email us at themustycreative at gmail.com and tell us your story. And a big thanks to our monthly supporters for helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast. If you would like to become a financial supporter of the show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mustycreative and help make this show the best. Yes, and we also want to thank our Patreon producer, Megan. We really appreciate your support. And that's all we have time for. Remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Now it's time to shower up. Gives them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.